Welcome to today's Live Lounge. We are so glad that you are joining us from wherever you are in the world. Welcome. Happy Father's Day. This is a great day, especially as a dad. This is just the best day of the year as far as I'm concerned. And we're really, really glad that you've decided to join us. We're going to start straight away now with the band. They are ready to go with joy. So maybe get up on your feet, get ready to praise Jesus for all the good things he has done. God bless. Sing there's beauty in our brokenness. There's beauty in my brokenness. I got true love instead of pain. This freedom, though, you've captured me. And I've got joy instead of mourning. There's beauty in my brokenness. Got true love instead of pain. This freedom, though, you've captured me. I've got joy instead of mourning. To give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Sing this beauty in our brokenness. This beauty in my brokenness. I got true love instead of pain. This freedom, though, you've captured me. I got joy instead of mourning. There's beauty in my brokenness. I got true love instead of pain. This freedom, though, you've captured me. Joy instead of morning, you give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Never been so free. I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure in knowing your heart, Lord. I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. I've never been more secure in knowing. Let's declare this together. Never been so free. I've never been so free, caught in your love for me. 
never been more secure in knowing your heart, Lord. I've never been so free, God, in your love for me. I've never been more secure in knowing your You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy. Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul You give me Amen. What a great song. Joy deep down our soul. That is our prayer for you today, that you would feel that and sense God's spirit wherever it is that you are watching. And if you haven't experienced that, then what our prayer is, is that you will enjoy the new experience of Jesus coming into your life. Let me pray and then I've got a couple of things to share before I hand over to the family news with Courtney. Father, we're thankful that you give us joy, that joy is one of the promises that and we come into a relationship with you, that we can enjoy your joy, your love, your peace. And Father, I pray for the rest of our time together that that will be an overriding sense, the depth of your love for us. We're so grateful, Jesus, for all that you have done for us. You are the ultimate Father on this Father's Day. We're so grateful. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So there's a couple of quick things I want to share with you before I hand over to Courtney. As you know, the last uh, few months we've been doing Live Lounge and we've been working hard at bringing you a great experience of church each weekend. And we're changing things up. What we're looking to now in the summer and around about August is we want to start having some gatherings. Now, there's lots of questions around what that looks like, and I'm not going to get into that today. Keep an eye out for your email as to all the details, but what those gatherings of less than 50 will look like across at, at least two locations. So there's lots of exciting things happening. But a step towards that is on July 5th, we're going to start doing live teaching. And what that means is at the south location and at 33, Pastor Phil here and myself over at the south, we're going to do some live teaching where uh, it's going to be really exciting. We're looking at different technology. It'll really feel like you're in church with us as we move towards some of the exciting things that we've got planned in August. So please keep an eye out for that. Please pray for us. There's an enormous amount of work to do between now and then, but we're believing that God is leading us into this next stage as we're still experiencing a little bit of a lockdown. So lots to pray for, and uh, we just appreciate your ongoing support and encouragement through this strange time. So I'm going to hand over to Courtney now and the family news. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining the Live Lounge today, and here is your family news. We've got big news for all of our kids. Kids Church will now be streaming every Sunday morning at 9.30, right here on Church Online before the Live Lounge. We will have a live chat, kids worship, downloadable worksheets, and more fun stuff. 
And for those who can't attend the live event, we will still be posting the video to the Willow Park Church Family's Facebook group, as well as our website, every Sunday afternoon. Pursuit is live on Instagram, every Sunday night at 7 p.m. This week, Melissa Federson and Tracy Bennett will be talking about mental health. Follow at Pursuit Family so you can be notified when we go live. We are so excited to announce that we have two kids camps coming this summer, July 20th to 24th and August 17th to 21st. You can do kids camp as a family or you can register as a camp host and invite some friends to do camp with you. Registration is now open at willowparkchurch.com slash kidscamp. Save the date for Monday, June 29th at 7 p.m. as we gather together online for Willow One Prayer. We are so excited about what God is doing in our church, and we will be praying specifically for how we do church moving forward in this new normal we find ourselves in. Don't miss it! That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Blessed are the peacemakers. This week, Phil is talking about being a peacemaker, and I can't think of a better sermon or a better series or a better thing to be talking about during um, all this world that we're going through right now than being a peacemaker. And I, I think about this idea of a peacemaker as so important. Um, you know, I'm going to start with a little bit of a, a bit of an idea of, of, of when me and my wife are working in the backyard, it always works better when we work well together. Now, admittedly, I'm not the best at working well together, but when we're building our greenhouse or doing the front wall in the, you know, in, in, in the front yard, if we work together well, things seem to go well. And uh, it's so interesting about this idea of peacemaker. When I think about peacemaker, I think about being makers, obviously, of peace. And so as we do that, we need to look at the word peace and see what it means. And I kind of wrote down a few things here. But what is peace? Peace is calm and comfort. Peace is order and justice. Peace is everyone on the same level under God. Everyone knowing that everyone else is created in God's image and loving each other that way. Peace is honoring those around us and seeing everyone with the same loving eyes as Jesus. Even when we may have differing political views or differing views on what's happening in the world, going into a conversation with, with peace is what Christians are to do. We as, as Christians and as Anabaptists are walking this world of peace and bringing peace to those around us, even when things seem to be so difficult. There's one verse that I seem to like to, I like to go to, and it's in Isaiah And I'm just going to read it for you a little bit here. And it's talking about um, what the world will look like one day when we are all together with Jesus in glory and new heaven and new earth. And it's just this perfect idea of what peace is. I'm going to read it for you. Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will, he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge, but what he sees with his eyes or decide what he hears with his ears. But the righteous, he will judge. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions to the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt. Faithfulness, the sash around his waist. The wolf will lie with the lamb. 
The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together. And the little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. The young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like an ox. And this verse always gets me. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord and the waters that cover the sea. Peace is a beautiful thing where all creation is walking together in unison. That is our prayer and that is our desire. Now it says peacemaker. I talked about my wife and I working well together. This is the beautiful part. We are partnering with Jesus. We are making peace. We are, Phil's going to be talking about, this is an action word. Peace isn't just something stopping. Peace is doing something. Peace is bringing peace. Jesus is trusting us with bringing peace. Our role as Christians and Christ followers is to bring peace, is to make peace a priority. When peace is a priority in our lives, in our homes, in our relationships, in our friendships, online, on social media, in the people we disagree with, when we bring peace as the priority, things are better. I'm going to read as well Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. As peacemakers, we are supposed to live in harmony, bring harmony, bring peace. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower position. Do not be conceited. This beautifully speaks for itself. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We need to act out peace. And as we pray, let's pray ourselves into action. As we pray, let's ask God, what can we do to bring peace in this world? Father, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for how you partner with us. And when we partner well, things go well. I just ask that we would be bringers of peace. We would be bringers of love. We would be bringers of joy. And as as we worship more, I pray that we would Allow that to sit in our heart. As we take communion, that we would allow that peace to overwhelm us and have us share that peace with others. And as we hear what Phil has to say about this action word about being a peacemaker, I pray that we would be makers and bringers of peace. In your name, Jesus. Amen. separate
promises never fail, God. We thank you that your character never fails, God, that you are perfect, 
God, we thank you that your love never fails. God, we thank you for the love that you give us, God, the love that you show us. And God, we thank you that you're constant and consistent in our lives, God, even when things aren't around us. Um, consistent, God, but you always are. And God, we love you. And we thank you for your love, your unfailing love. If I ran away, your love never fails. I know I still make mistakes, but you have new mercies for me every day. Your love never fails. Your love never fails. You may 
things work together for my good And you make all things work together for my good Cause you make all things work together for my good Yes you do And you make all things work together for my good Sing that, let's declare that And you make all things work together for my good Yes you do And you make all things work together for my good you make all things work together for Park Church family, I just invite you to go gather your cracker and your juice. And as you gather that, I'm just going to read a quick scripture for you. In Colossians 1:18, it says, "And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things." Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Growing up, there are some moments where me and my brother would get into fights, into some quarrels. If you have a sibling, you would know this to be true. And in the midst of that, my dad, sometimes he would be at the top of the stairs and yell down, Guys, stop fighting! But then there would be other times where he would physically come downstairs and he would have to work out the problem with us. Jeremy, what happened? Brandon, what did he do? Why are you guys punching each other? Um, He'd sometimes have to physically restrain us. You're wondering, wow, this guy, he sounds like a pretty rough and tumble pastor. But he would come down, my dad, and he would reconcile with us. He'd bring peace to the situation. He would have conversation with us. He'd be very present. And so as we take of this communion as we remember what Christ has done we remember a very active 
Christ. We remember somebody who has come down to bring peace. You see, peace, it's very active. It actually, and it costs us something too. It costs my dad time, effort, maybe a wayward punch that he didn't see coming. But he came down and he brought peace to the situation because he needed to. We needed him to bring peace into my relationship with Brandon again to help us reconcile together. And so as we take of this, we're remembering that Christ came to bring peace and it was very, very active. And it cost him a lot. But through Christ, we now have this peace with God and also we have this peace in life as we journey. And we can count on him to bring us comfort and when the times when we, things feel so uncomfortable. And so I invite you to grab your elements and let's partake together. This is Christ's body, broken for us. Let's partake. And this is his blood shed for us, which gives peace. Let's partake. Heavenly Father, we thank you that through Jesus we experience peace. That he is the peacemaker and he is the one that we are called to uh, model our lives after to be like him, to bring peace into situations, to be very active in people's lives, to help reconcile relationships and help reconcile people to you. This isn't a faith where we just stand off to the side and scream, you need Jesus. This is one where we enter people's lives and we're real with them. It costs us time, it costs us effort, it costs us tears. But how thankful are we that you came down and paid the ultimate sacrifice. You actually made the biggest effort to bring peace into our lives. And man, my time, my effort is worth it. And so Lord, we thank you for the peace that you bring to us. Amen. i yes. 
sing of your goodness. We want to declare of your faithfulness. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you never change, that you are the same, that we can trust you always. Um, Yeah, we just, we pray that you would move in our hearts today as we worship you. We love you. Pray this in your name.
Thank you, Jenna and team, for leading us. What a wonderful prayer. We're going to continue our worship now through our tithes and our offering. And there's many ways that you can continue to give. We can go online through the Church Center app. I hope you have that on your phone. It's an amazing app. Or you can go to the website wpcgiving.com. You can do in person. You could still come to the office here, and we have some wonderful mail slots outside that you can drop them off. Or if you bang loud enough, someone might come to the door. Or you can do automated. If you, this is the best way, the easiest way. It's easy for everyone because you don't have to worry about it. It automatically comes out, and we automatically know that it comes in. And so I encourage you to give. Thank you so much for all your giving in this time. It is truly humbling. And you know what? Giving is a state of the heart. And you know, when we give, when we constantly pour out, and it continues to soften our hearts. So thank you for your giving. And uh, we're going to pass it off to Phil now. I'm going to pray to him, and he's going to lead us in a sermon. And so he want to pray. And again, I'm excited for what Phil is going to share with us. Thanks, Jeremy. That's yeah. great. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for Phil. Lord, we thank you— uh, Lord, for the message that you've placed on his heart. Lord, we're excited to hear what you have to, to speak to us through him. Lord, I pray that our ears and our hearts will be open. Lord, as we hear about being a peacemaker and what that looks like. And so again, Lord, we thank you for this message. And Lord, we pray that you would just bless our time as we receive it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, Jeremy. No problem. Uh, good. Uh, thanks for all your support, for those of you that do f uh, support us financially and the way that uh, you're able to keep Willow Park moving through this time of pandemic. What a challenging time we've experienced, but we're looking forward to getting meaningful acts of worship running through the summer. We know we can only have uh, gatherings of 50. They have to be controlled. They have to be regulated. We need to go through a whole COVID-19 procedure and apply to the rules and the regulations that exist. And we want to do a really good job with that. So over the next weeks, you'll hear about that. But we're looking forward to having multiple gatherings of 50 and below in the spaces that we have across our church network to be able to give you who want to opportunity to gather and to be in the presence of the Lord and to have that community touch, to have that moment of uh, worship and also to hear God's word being uh, taught. But it looks like we're on this route for gatherings of 50 for quite a while in British Columbia, but things do change. But we are committed to making this work. And let me assure you that our staff team are working really hard to bring this about, to do it correctly, to do it in the right way, and to do it with real diligence and uh, real thorough approach. So we can be as safe as possible uh, as we move forward and get this right. Some of you, of course, may choose to stay online, and that is absolutely fine. Just keep connected to us. Join the After Church Zooms, and today there will be an After Church Zoom, and I'll be there and be lovely to connect with you from 33. I know South Community run After Church Zooms, and of course, uh, Creekside and Glenmore. It's really important that we keep connected together as community and we grow in that. So I'm grateful for your ongoing support. I'm grateful for the way that God has been moving. I'm grateful for the people that have given their lives to Jesus. You know, just the other day, a phone call uh, of somebody who said, I want to be born again. 
I prayed with a couple that gave their lives back to Christ, who had been so distant from Christ that wanted the power of Jesus to change their lives. People are still becoming Christians. People are still getting saved. God is still moving in power and anointing. And I want you, Willow Park Church, to keep praying, to keep believing And to keep standing as we move forward and see what God has for us. So thank you for that. Our verse this week as we work our way through the Beatitude is, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Let's be honest. (laughs) Human beings are not very good at peace. We're not very good at peace at all. We're not very good... When you read about history and you look at people's different examinations of history, this will amaze you. I think it was Will and uh, Ariel uh, Denant who wrote a classic book on the history of humanity. And what they said in this book, that, and they measured over something like 3,421 years, yes, They tracked down those years, and throughout those 3,421 years, there was only something in the region of 268 years without a major war in the world. What does that tell you? Well, they said it told you that human beings are not very good at peace. Human beings seem to be very good at war, creating conflict, creating pain, creating difficulty. We know that from our recent history of the last 200 years with the Great War, with the Second World War. We know that with the continuation of wars in the world, that human beings are not very good. What Will and Ariel actually said was... The only way they believed in their kind of thesis, the only way they believed that humanity would ever unite as a whole planet is if we were attacked by aliens and we all had to join together and then we would be united to fight a war against somebody else. How depressing is that? Humanity can only truly unite when we have Independence Day and flying saucers arrive on the planet and suddenly we're having a war with with aliens. Ah, ridiculous. But it makes a point. And the point is this, human beings do have a propensity towards war, towards Violence towards discord, towards battling with each other, whether on a global scale or whether on a local scale or whether just in individual relationships. It was Professor MacDonald from Glasgow University that in his great lecture once said, imagine that we were being watched by aliens. And as we were being watched by aliens, they would send a spy to examine us. And they would discover that the human race has the ability to heal the sick through penicillin, through antibiotics. Has the ability to create the car engine so that we can travel, the jet engine so we can travel at great speeds. We have the ability to split the atom. Today we have the ability to use smartphones and 
all the technology and laptop uh, computers and all of this wonderful innovation. But of course, at the end of his famous speech, Professor MacDonald says, but the aliens would conclude that the favorite pastime of human beings is preparing to blow each other up. Now, granted, his lecture was around the Cold War time when there was the battle between kind of communism and capitalism. That was the time that this was, was talked about. But nothing seems to have changed. We just have different trade wars. We have internet wars. And we live in a world where there is strife and battle and pain. And yet in the middle of all this, people are seeking peace goes right back, if you know your uh, Roman history, goes right back to um, Pax Romia, which is the Latin phrase for peace in Rome. And about BC 26, all the way through to about AD 86, is called the peace in Rome, Pax Romia. And this peace in Rome was when, basically started with Augustus, of course, that was when Jesus was born in the time of Caesar Augustus, went all the way through to AD 186, when they talk about the peace of Rome. And they wanted this and they enjoyed it. And this was the time when Rome was its, its, its largest size, you know, around the, later on in that period with uh, uh, Hadrian and, and, and that period when he built Hadrian's wall and so on. And what this described in the Roman Empire was a time of when there were no major wars. Now that's not strictly true because, because Romans were killing Romans and people were battling on the fringes and the Germans and the British were still creating problems on the edge of the Roman Empire. But for 200 years, there was peace in Rome, they describe. Of course, for those 186 years or 150 years, Christianity was working away in the Roman Empire, which is really interesting. But the thing that strikes me about ancient history, that even back then, people were looking for times of peace. People were looking for times of stability. People, but it seems that even in the Roman Empire back then, there was still strife. There were still problems. There were still Caesars being murdered. Human beings do not find it easy to have Peace. It's like that old bumper sticker. What happens if they call a war and nobody comes and turns up? That's a great bumper sticker. Because, of course, if nobody turns up for a war, it's not going to happen. So we have all this going on. And there in the middle, we have the most beautiful teaching of which Jordan uh, highlighted and talked about and spoke about. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they will be called sons of God. If you and I truly want to be a true son and daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the truth is we've got to learn to be peacemakers. Peacemakers are the very DNA of the Christian faith. Of we are ones who bring peace. For thousands of years, Christians have been known for their peace, for the presence that they brought and the difference that they made. Peacemaking can only happen in, in this way, however. It can only truly happen 
when you and I get peace in our heart between us and God. True peace starts with a peace with God. That, that verse that Jeremy read in uh, Colossians 1.20 about how Christ gained our peace with God by paying the blood as he was willing to die for us. And only when we have true peace within our hearts with God is that we can live truly in peace with others in the world. And I want to encourage you, maybe you've never found true peace, but the way that you gain it in a crazy world that has always seemed to be at war somewhere, at conflict somewhere in history, where pain and agony has been taking place, the truth is Jesus Christ is the one that comes into our lives and brings the truth. And when that peace comes into our heart, we become good news. We become peace bringers to all people around us. But you see, look at the word. Blessed are the peacemakers. Two, um, you could take the word and break it into two. Peace and maker. Now, this interesting phrase, peacemaker, is only used here in the scriptures and also in the Colossians verse that was read in Colossians 1.20. And here the word peace is, of course, the classic word for peace, which is shalom. Now, shalom does not just mean peace, as in, I do not want your life to have trouble. It doesn't just mean that. Because sometimes when we say peace, it means we just don't want to have trouble. We want you to have a you know, a trouble-free life, a peaceful life. It's Father's Day, you know, Father's Day weekend. I want untroubled Father's Day. I'm looking forward to putting my feet up. I'm looking forward to watching what I want on, on Netflix. And while my children feed me wings and ribs and attend to my every need as I'm lying there, <laughs> obviously, uh, Probably that's not going to happen, but we'll see. But I, I'm looking forward to having a trouble-free day because it's Father's Day. And, and kids and my lovely wife loves to make Father's Day, you know, really, really a nice day. A trouble-free day. No arguments over the hairdryer, please, girls. No, no frustrations over computers that aren't working. Uh, no uh, aggravations over Minecraft because it's broken. No, it's Father's Day. It's Father's Day weekend. I want a trouble-free life. Yes. I'll let you know how that goes for me. But it, shalom is not that. Shalom is a level of peace that touches every area of your life. Shalom is a peace of mind. Shalom is well-being. Shalom is a prosperity of heart. Shalom is that you bless others. It's the goodness of God flowing through you, your family and your life. Shalom is abundance. Shalom is goodness. Shalom is so much more. It's the well-being of all human beings that they will be well. And as we've always already talked about what's going on in the world and what we're seeing about the injustice and the racism 
And we're seeing all that is, is playing out. What we are understanding is like never before does this world need the power of shalom to be at work. The well-being, the blessing, the goodness of God's peace on all of humanity. That can only happen with a change of heart when you accept Jesus truly. And that can only happen when we are willing to step out. Which brings us to the second part of the word peacemaker, which is maker. In other words, it's action. It's energetic. The word maker has life to it. It's got power. It's got energy. The very essence of maker. And I'm quite an energetic guy. It's got that kind of energetic, let's get on, let's do it, let's make a difference in this world, let's have a voice, let's do something, let's bring the wellness of God into this world and so that I will be an agent of peace. I mean, Jesus sent his disciples out and he said, when you go to a home, speak peace upon that home. Wherever you are, in areas of conflict, in areas of pain, in areas of difficulty, whether that's with a family relationship, whether that is at work, whether that is in situations you're praying with, Christians are peace bringers. We take positive action for peace. It doesn't mean that we're kind of this kind of stereotypical approach to life of a 1960s hippie, that we're kind of like, hey, peace, peace man, you know, just be cool. Just kind of float your way through life. Peace is kind of like, hmm, I just let it go by and I get on with my life and I'd ignore all of this bad stuff and I just kind of live in peace. It's not that. It's not that in the slightest. Let me take you back to even the prophets. And when you think of, of who should we, let's start with um, Ezekiel. Chapter 13. He talks about the fact that, that everybody's saying peace, peace, peace. He said, but you're not telling the truth. Why? Because what you're doing is whitewashing a wall that has cracks within it. And a peacemaker is not somebody that whitewashes a wall that has cracks within it. A peacemaker is somebody that is willing to look at that wall and those cracks and those difficulties and rebuild that wall. Jeremiah cried out, what in chapter 6, he cried out and he says, you're saying about peace and peace everywhere. You're talking about peace. But look, my people are wounded and they are in pain and they are in agony and their lives are like open sores, a wound on a leg. And you're just saying peace and ignoring the open wound that is taking place. And what a peacemaker does not do is ignore the open wound. What a peacemaker wants to do is being shalom that heals the wound. The pain and the conflict that we feel in our inner hearts, Jesus wants to heal your wound. The pain and the brokenness of that wall in your life that is cracked. Jesus wants to renovate that wall. He doesn't want to paint it white and ignore the cracks. He wants to mend the cracks. 
So what is a peacemaker? First of all, a peacemaker is somebody that is utterly and completely honest. Speaks truth. A peacemaker is somebody that is willing to tell it as it is, really. In a loving way, but somebody that sees something that is wrong and is willing to actually be honest about this. He's not willing to put putty in the cracks, but he's willing to say that wall is actually wrong. And honesty. Secondly, a peacemaker is somebody that's willing to take risks. Because when you see a wound or you see a crack in a personal life or in society or in a nation's life, it takes a risky business to actually speak about the injustice, to speak about the pain, to speak about the difficulty. It takes real, real risk because there's a cost to be paid. You see, the third thing is a peacemaker, and this may surprise you, is actually a fighter. The very nature of a peacemaker is that a peacemaker is a fighter. Not in a negative sense, because it seems to be, peacemaking doesn't seem to be about fighting. No, it's fighting for what's right. It's fighting for truth. It's fighting that peace will come because we've had the difficult and hard conversations. It's been willing to work that through and to luck to bring the healing of the shalom of God that rebuilds a wall, rebuilds a life. The shalom of God that actually comes and heals the broken wounds in society or in our lives that we pray. Maybe even this moment... This is a hard sermon to hear because you know that there are wounds in your life that you need the peace of Jesus to heal. You can feel them. Actually, as I'm speaking, you can, you're aware of those problems, those broken relationships, that crack in the wall. Let me pray for you right now. Just hold that area of your life that brings pain to a wound where there's, where there's no peace. Father, right now, I pray. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters that are listening to this message. And they know that there's areas of their life where there's not shalom, but there's actually pain. A broken relationship. A difficult business arrangement. A problem with a relative. A broken friendship. Hurt towards church and life. Disappointment towards people's actions towards them. Lord, they're holding out that pain right now. And even as people watch, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will come and minister peace to those that are watching at this moment. I speak peace be upon you, the peace of Christ, the Prince of Peace. So to be a peacemaker, you have to be honest. You have to take risks. You have to be a fighter in the positive sense of the word. Now, don't be mistaken. Uh, this 
powerful teaching of who we are as sons of God is reflected in the teaching of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Here's that verse. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. See, in church community, which... Um, Ephesians is written about, he's encouraging that within churches, we would make every effort. And I think sometimes we give up on each other too quickly and we do not make every effort to rebuild peace and to rebuild the bond of peace, the power of peace, the work of peace, that peace is there, present. Make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. In other words, when you make an effort to do steps that lead towards peace, this actually edifies you and it edifies the people that you're showing peace to. So we want to make steps towards people. The very nature of our Christian faith is that we accommodate others and we help others. We take steps. We think, what will lead to peace? I will do that. And maybe that's hard for you because you need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to guide you and show you what to do so that it will lead to peace. So you've got to make effort. I love this that he uses the word effort in uh, Ephesians. He uses the word effort in Romans. Why? Because peace is not easy. It's hard. And it takes real effort. Real effort to make a difference. And so, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Romans 12, on you, live at peace with everybody. So, it depends on you. You've got to be willing to play your part to make every effort to bring the bond of peace. You've got to do things that lead to peace because it edifies you and those around you. And... You need to do every, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. In other words, take responsibility for your own actions and respond to people, even if they hurt you, with peace. With peace. You see, you can only live out, blessed are the peacemakers, if you're living out, blessed are those who are pure in heart. Because it's only when you have a purity of heart and you look at each other. Remember what I shared about before a metro um, weekend? I shared about that when you look at other people around you because you're pure in heart, you see the goodness in them instead of seeing the offense. Isn't this what Francis uh, Assisi was trying to say in his prayer when he said those beautiful words about let me be an instrument of peace? That where there is hatred, may there be love. May I bring love. That where there is offense, and offense is the worst thing in the body of Christ because offense holds us back. May I bring Pardon, that where there is disunity, may I bring unity. 
It's the essence of his beautiful prayer that we often think about, we often quote about, may I bring peace, may I bring love, may I bring pardon, may I bring unity. And that, for our lives, you know, even memorize that prayer. Think about the words of that prayer. It's remarkable in his ministry that those words are so known the world over about that I may be an instrument of peace. Who should you be an instrument of peace with in your life? I'm going to finish with this. Um, because you'll apply to this teaching in many different ways. But I want to say is that, um, that first of all, somebody who is an instrument of peace, and I have spoken about us being honest, being taking risks, being a fighter, that does not give you the license to verbally abuse somebody and to do it in the wrong way. That doesn't give you the right to approach it in a pugnacious way. I, think, I love that word, pugnacious. It means in an angry, aggressive way. God doesn't want us to approach our peacemaking in an angry, aggressive way. What he wants to always encourage us to do is approach our peacemaking in humility. In listening to the Spirit of how the Spirit tells you to take the next step. In praying for the person and blessing them. And when you forgive somebody that has wounded you, that has offended you, that you hate. It's about forgiving them. And then about blessing them. And asking that the Lord would bless them and be with them. And it starts from a position where you and I realize that we are all fallen stock. We're all in the same boat. We are all broken sinners. We are all messed up. We've all experienced real pain. We all fail other people and we've all hurt other people. But it's the way we get up from that. And it's the way that we choose. And the only reason I can choose to try and be a peacemaker in honesty, in tenacity, in strength, in vulnerability, in openness, in looking at people's wounds, in praying blessing and forgiving and being a peacemaker, is truly if I am willing in my life to surrender my life to the gentleness and the work of the Holy Spirit. I'll finish on this, and then Pastor Jordan's going to come and finish with a kind of a listening prayer uh, moment of where we were at the end of this service, we'll finish, and maybe you take five or so minutes just to pause and to think about this message and its implication in your life. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, pure in heart. The wisdom that comes from heaven. We already read uh, Pastor Jordan from Isaiah chapter 11 about the root of Jesse, about the wisdom of God, the understanding of God, the counsel of God, the might of God, the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord. And all the way through to, to how peace comes with the cobra and, 
and so on. Then peace, loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. If you can memorize any verse, memorize this verse this week. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. Pastor Jordan is going to come now and um, lead us at this moment. And as we think as a prayer moment, as we close this uh, service. Thank you, Pastor Phil. And this, these, these sermons on peace just are encouraging. I want to take, us a, take a moment here to, as Phil said, we're going to practice a bit of listening prayer. And I'm going to ask three questions. And as we ask these three questions, I, if you don't have time right now, or if you want to go back and revisit these questions during the week, I encourage you to stop and to pray and to meditate and to, and to think on Jesus and just to think about how you can do this, how you can be a peacemaker. I'm going to read us a verse first from Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. You will find rest for your souls. Let's pray and I'll ask these questions. just want to take, a, take some time to study your hearts. Think about the words that Phil shared. Think about the verses and the context of our day. Take a moment now to find yourselves in the presence of Jesus. First question that I think of, am, am I at peace with God? Am I at peace with God? Is, is my life lining up in the confession of my sin? Am I lined up with His peace? On the right paths. Father, we confess our sins. We want to be in alignment with you, in alignment with peace, so we can bring that peace to the world. The second question is this. How can I bring the peace of Jesus to the world? How can I bring Christ's peace to this world? How can I a humble servant, partner with the King of Kings to bring peace to this world. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus directly. Look for Him. Look at Him and ask Him, how can I help?
And the third thing I want to ask us is a bit more challenging, but I believe this is what Phil was saying. Are my actions equaling my words of peace? Are my actions or what I'm doing equaling the things that I'm saying, the prayers that I'm praying, are, is what I'm doing equaling my words? God, is what I'm doing equaling what I'm saying? Am I bringing peace? And am I taking the appropriate risks? Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we can come together, learn about peace, learn about action, learn about doing, learn about being you, Jesus, to this world. John 14, 27, the peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. This world brings no peace. The only peace is yours, Jesus. Thank you so much for that. In your name, amen. Amen. Take these questions this week and meditate them on. Meditate on them. Pray on them. Write, journal, and see what God's saying. Am I peace with God? Jesus, what would you have me do? And are my actions equaling my words. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week online. God bless.